Welcome one and all to the third episode of the pilot of the Foreign Saints podcast. Uh, we are coming to you today, uh, myself, my wife Meredith, and little hungry baby Amari. Um, Just acting all sorts of a fool. <laughs> he is. He is, man. Like, he knew what the topic was, and uh-huh. he was uh, he was definitely willing to challenge it today. Yes. <laughs> um, but as y'all can see from the title, we're going to be talking about parenting. Not, mm-hmm. like, the whole experience of it, because we're six months deep. Yeah. Um. But just talking about what all we've learned and experienced in that six months, you know, experiences and scriptural insights and stuff of that nature. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) spack a brother up, man. Yeah, Yeah, he's being really, he's being really weird. He's being feisty. He is, man. He he knows he's on a podcast, man. He doesn't know how to act yet. I guess we got to teach him that. Yeah, we got to teach him that. But yeah, one of the reasons that we wanted this. Um, this topic to be in our, I guess, one of our three launch episodes, um, it's partly to temper, uh, temper the palate, um, <laughs> with the topics that we talked about for the first two, yeah. uh, it's time to bring it, you're going to hear that throughout this thing, just so you know, um, we going just to kind of temper the palate and bring it back to something that's even more foundational mm-hmm. um, than talking about what the market of beast is and how you interact with your government and all this stuff. Um, you know, because family was instituted before there were enough people to have governments. Yeah. You know, like when there was when there was only a few people, the government was family. Right? Yeah. You know, so we so we got to talk about that, um, and also just to kind of hopefully just in the way we talk about it even more so than in what we say, um, just to kind of dispel um, some of the myths and some of the oogie-boogie and fear that's yeah. around the topic, you know, around the topic and the conversation. So without further ado, uh, Meredith is kind of going to be leading us in our first, in the first half of this episode. <laughs> and, and I guess Amari is going to be Amari's leading as well. as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, as we've been talking the last, like, couple weeks over you know what scriptures come to mind and like lessons learned and whatnot i think for me um as mom just the continuous dying to self has really been ringing in my ears you know because um you know dad can't feed or dad can't make milk and so the lack of sleep usually falls primarily on me i can't yeah so um hi feisty one um and so I think that that's been a meditation for me the last couple of weeks and um, what it actually means to die to self, you know, at like two, four, six, eight in the morning continuously, you know, and having very, very little sleep, especially in the freshly newborn days, you know, there's a lot of the, oh my gosh, why is this happening to me mentality, right? Like, why are you doing this to me? And why can't I fall asleep? And it's a lot of selfishness that I feel like um, gets kind of overlooked and kind of talked about as if not glorified, but talked about as if, you know, it's an okay level of selfishness. It's okay. Yeah. You know, you should be, you know, absolutely valid feelings. And yeah, I mean, you're going to be tired, but um, I think it's deeply rooted in, in that, for me noticing just how it was rooted in selfishness, not necessarily in like a fleshly tired, you know? Yeah. It wasn't, and, uh, it was, it was different from yeah. just regular human exhaustion. Right. It was more so like, I deserve to be rested. I just brought a life into the world. I should, I should be pampered. And you know, the long list of things. And in reality is like, no, you're, you're, I'm called to die to myself and pour myself out for my, for my kid and my family, you know? Um, and it's reminded me of Philippians 2. Um, so I'll just go ahead and read it. It's verses 1 through 11 and kind of just pick it apart as we go. You are just letting the whole world know, man. <laughs> they have energy. They, 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 ones yes. We've got a lot to say. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. So just stopping there, like, 
what a verse for parenting, <laughs> you know, and that you and I should be in one mind with the same love and full accord, you know, but also this shouldn't be out of selfish ambition. Like we shouldn't, you know, be having kids for our own. Um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like for our own glorification and gratification, you know, it's not so that way we can hit a certain milestone in our marriage or in our life and our adulthood. It's so that way we can raise more kingdom makers <laughs> disciples. Yeah, man. If having, look now, if having kids is an extension of your own portfolio, whether you know it or not, that's going to get exposed and that's going to break you. Right. Um, I play a lot of video games. Um, I know that's like, like a, you're not supposed to say that <laughs> in some Christian circles. I play a lot of video games. And worse than that, I actually take life lessons from them, mm-hmm. you know, because I think they get that deep. Um, I remember I was telling you about um, one of the Scarecrow audio tapes in Batman, mm-hmm. Arkham Asylum, where Scarecrow is a villain that, like, works on fear and just kind of believes fear motivates everything. And what he was talking about with one of the characters was how in his warped understanding of the world, everything people do is motivated by fear. Um, even having kids. And it was kind of dark what he said, but, I mean, it, it's rung in my mind for years. Like, like why did you why did you have kids, doctor? Yeah. Like, was it not because of the fact that you fear death and you see your kids as an extension of being able to push past death? You see your kids as an extension of being able to live a legacy of you, yeah. you know, which is all just one big fancy way of saying like, like your kids exist for you, you know, and not so much for their own sake and for the glory of God as two distinct things separate from you. Um you know, which is which is subtle, and it's one of those things that, you know, we're definitely going to learn more and more about as we go on this journey. Um, not just with Amari, but with any more that we have, that we have or adopt or whatever. Um, but it's just one of those things I've been, th- I've just thought about, like, like, no, nah, like, you really got to put others, including your kids, above you. Yeah. More important than you. Yeah. You know, and if they're more important than you, then they can't automatically become like little yous. Right. Because then you're more important than them. Right. Which is kind of the continuation of this verse, right? Like, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he is in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And just that continuing going off what you're saying, like we're called to serve our kids, you know, like for me at, you know, three in the morning when he wakes up, you know, hangry and, or upset belly or whatever it may be all throughout the night. Like my call isn't to have a knee jerk reaction of what was me. I'm never going to sleep again. It's to be, my kid's upset or my kid needs me and I'm called to serve him by emptying, you know, my desires and filling my heart with a desire to, to serve my son and my family in that way, you know, because there's going to be different seasons too. You know, there's going to be seasons where a sleepless night now might be, you know, to feed him or care for him when he's sick, but you know, 10, 15 years down the road, it might be, Oh, he's going to hang out with friends and that's a sleepless night when you're anxious, you know, for different reasons and um but in the same way you're still called to serve and train up your kid and i think too just that um we've also had a dialogue lately you know with a lot of the conversations surrounding abortion and you know my body my choice and whatnot you know there's also been a lot of meditations like i have body parts that don't serve me (laughs) period you know, like, like, like let, let let that be a boom, yeah, earth shattering revelation for you some know. people. Re- repeat that for those in the back. Say it again because <laughs> I don't think the significance yeah. of that is heard. Like I, the fact that my boobs can make milk does not serve me. In fact, <laughs> if I don't feed my kid, it actually harms me. I get mastitis. I get sick, and that is not something I wish upon anybody. My uterus does not really serve me. It doesn't. You know, it is a womb for baby exclusively, you know? And so at three in the morning when I'm like, what was me? And like, I, my body was literally designed 
in answer, order to answer to, to answer for Amari, you know, and any other future kids we have. And that that doesn't make it exclusively my body. It's also Amari's. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like, <laughs> like he's got he's got a claim to it. He doesn't. I am autonomous. He yeah, but it's not just me. He doesn't have the mental faculties yet to formulate the argument. Yeah, but he has a legitimate claim. Yeah, you know. Yeah, because I I, I need his. that. <laughs> I need that to live. You know. Yeah. Um, and to some people that would say, well, you know, like you know, all you really need is just. You just got to get to viability. I'm like, look, man, you must not have had a little one. Yeah. This little man is not viable right now. Yeah. And he's six months out. Yeah. All right. But if I take this dude and I just drop him off at a college or something <laughs> and I say, all right, you're out the womb, you're viable. It's all you now. Mm-hmm. He's going to die. Yeah. And like, come on, man. We, we all know that. Yeah. Like, like I've seen people draw dichotomies between biological autonomy and functional autonomy Mm -hmm. and while that's probably important as far as you know having accurate discussions about it from a philosophical standpoint from a practical standpoint for a human to be able to survive independent quote-unquote independently we'll talk about that in a minute um they don't just need biological autonomy the ability to metabolize energy without being connected by umbilical cord to mom no they need functional autonomy too and it takes a a really long time which is also where i think to that side of you know autonomy that's where the discipleship aspect of parenting comes into play you know for the first few years it's a lot of the physical reliance on mom for nourishment and nurturing and growth and whatnot but once it hits you know he starts learning right from wrong and you know a lot a lot a lot more sin enters into the into the picture that's a lot, where a lot, a lot of the sin starts to <laughs> resurrect if you yeah. will yeah yeah you know and that's where the discipleship aspect of parenting comes into play where you know that's still a reliance you know he is his own person um but we're still called to nurture and build him up as his parents. Yeah, man, like, this is going to sound wild. You know what I'm saying? Because, again, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, maybe I phrase stuff in a way that just feels weird for some Christians. But I say this. Oh, look, look at him having fun. I, I, I say this completely, um, you know, without trying to put my son or my, or my family down, right? Six months in, I know why people... Get abortions. Yeah. I don't know why they get abortions. Yeah. Because this is a hard road. It's very hard. <laughs> this is a hard road. You know, like, I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, um, it, we, we needed a village yeah. from the start yeah. to be able to do this. You well, know? That was another one of my notes I had was, like, there's a reason that we're called to be parents in a marriage. And not as a single parent. And I understand, you know, people become single parents through like death or other sinful choices. But there's a reason it's designed. It's usually the consequence of sinful choices right. that cause right, right. single parent. I'm mean, just you know, we don't yeah. put it out there. Tragedy sometimes. Tragedy happens. Even but, though tragedy in yeah. and of itself is just a really distant <laughs> effect of a sinful choice, just maybe not a sinful choice on your part. Yeah. Right. And the only reason tragedies happen in this world is because of what happened in a garden yeah, yeah. a really long time ago. So even, even that yeah. in a way is, you know, the effect of sin, just not sin that you may have personally chose. Right. But there's a reason in, you know, thinking through again, this first week's postpartum, we were fresh out of some deep, deep church hurt <laughs> and rejection and so when, you know, we first got pregnant, I got pregnant with Amari, the, the mentality of, oh, I'm going to have a church body around me. And, you know, um, moms that have been in the trenches a little bit longer can help disciple me through it, you know, outside of our own moms, you know. Um, but and then, you know, that will happen like three weeks. And that's probably an episode for another day, maybe down the road a bit, a piece. But that church hurt was very fresh when Amari was born. And so that grief in realizing, you know, there was one middle of the night where I was like, I totally expected to have more people around me. And that would have made 
all the difference, you know, with figuring out breastfeeding. And I have a lot of issues with breastfeeding that women don't have and my hormones don't respond the way that they're supposed to. So I don't get happy hormones. I get doom and despair if, um, if it's not done right. And so, um, so that's, that's something that I would have loved to be able to like pray through with older women that have gone through it before me. And, um, you know, there's, you know, our families were amazing and supporting and bringing food and help, you know, and my mom came and stayed with us for a bit. And that's, that's, again, how God designed it, you know, like the church is a community. And when you're bringing in new life, it's not just mom and dad discipling, it's your people, you know, and now that we're back in a new, a new healthy um, church relationship, and we have a community again, and we're, we're kind of rebuilding, you know, um, a community it's it's nice to be able to call up another mom and be like listen <laughs> i've gotten maybe three hours of broken sleep i can't eat enough <laughs> you know i can't i can't i can't i can't i can't help you know i think it's um a nice reminder of the need for a savior and the savior provides through his people you know and that, again it's just that's how it's designed yeah more, more times than not Jesus is going to provide for through, his people. Yeah, like, through his people. More times than not yeah. in this New Testament context of yeah. how we, of how human beings relate to their creator yeah. now. And yeah. these last times before the final curtain is called. Yeah. Right. God's usually going to use people to answer yeah. prayers for provision. And if that's the case, then it means you got to, you got to, keep people in your corner yeah so that god has a means <laughs> less complicated ways to yeah. get stuff to you you know yeah like i'm not saying that god can't do all this that and the other he can he can it'd just be a lot faster for you yeah if god didn't have to orchestrate moving heaven and earth to get some provision to you because you decided you wanted to be a recluse <laughs> You know, like, and in the end, that provision probably was gonna need some people anyway. See, you let him near your hair, man. Like, you got you got happy in the verse. No, but here, here's the here's the interesting thing about having kids, though, right? It makes literally no sense from a worldly perspective, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, and 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 like, like literally, even down to the scientific level, there is still that debate in philosophy that is in the science in the philosophy of science the philosophy of evolutionary science i should say um that is kind of sort of laughed at by people that in my opinion just don't have eyes to see or ears to hear but literally why have a kid yeah you know like outside of god saying be fruitful and multiply they're expensive they're exhausting they you know? cry a lot they bring you a lot of pain. Yeah. You know? Like, I mean, you, you, yeah. you mentioned the mastitis and other stuff. And all that stuff is true. But you want to know another way mm -hmm. that we could have avoided it? Somebody could say to themselves right now, I hear you. Maybe you shouldn't have had the little one. Mm -hmm. You know? Maybe could have waited until, you know, he had some things in life put together a bit more. Although mm -hmm. I would say our life is actually pretty well put together, mm -hmm. considering where we're at and who we yeah. are and like how we're like. Comparatively to yeah. our peers, I'd say our lives are pretty well put together, but you could always be more put together right. in your own mind, right? right? So, like, why do it, you know? And like I said, even at the level of the debate of philosophy and science, right? If you multiply, that's another mouth yeah. to feed, right? If I've only got one hot pocket and then I bring in a roommate, mm -hmm. Well, now what? We got to split the hot pocket. Oh. What? Now I get half a hot pocket. Why would I? Why would I have another human, especially a human that's not ready to help with his load from the word go? Right. That's the thing. Is very interesting about how we're built. You know, a lot of people say, "Oh, you know, well, you know, about why they're, you know, sexually wild and all sorts of other stuff." Well, because man, if God had built me for monogamous relationships, maybe I shouldn't have had his drive. I mean, ignoring the fact that you're the one revving the drive up all the time, but whatever. <laughs> um, right? Children, to me, are the answer to that. You know? Like, 
Give me one proof. Give me one proof that humans were made to be monogamous. Babies. <laughs> Baby, like literally, literally, mm -hmm. babies flourish best yeah. in a monogamous relationship. One man, one woman. That's why they do the best at. Yeah. Because they can't do anything for themselves. Yeah. That's why. You know? Well, why is it got to be one man, one woman? Look, I'm not going to talk science <laughs> and biology, even though, you know, I can. Mm -hmm. Right? EMT, respiratory therapist, yeah. and I got a whole bunch of other knowledge in here besides yeah. that. But that's just stuff I'm going to claim to. Right? Like, <laughs> I, I can talk the medicine of it. I'm just saying practically from our experience and from watching the experience of a bunch of people mm -hmm. that i don't want to emulate right i don't know how you, i mean if you're doing it with two men then you're you have to be spending a fortune on formula mm -hmm. if you have at least one woman in the equation preferably the woman that gave birth to the kid mm -hmm. then the body is naturally producing food you know how much we save on formula dog mm -hmm. like because we thought about that for yeah. a little bit you know <laughs> so like Health benefits of breastfeeding aside, <laughs> it saved us a buck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like that was that was the biggest motive. I'm like, I was like, dude, like, if you make it, why would we buy it? Right. You know? And it's like we start asking that question and digging down under it, and it reveals another level of unseen. Yeah, selfishness. Selfishness. It's the, I don't want to give up my body continuously, you know, because when he was first born and talking to the lactation consultant, it's you know, now doctors recommend that um, if you can breastfeed for two years, the benefits are amazing for both mom and baby, not just baby, but also for mom, you know, the crazy how that works. Right. You Love know, less to give them receive. <laughs> yeah. It's a sermon for another day, I suppose. But um, no, it's just, you have the decreased risk of breast cancer and heart disease, it's insane amount of stuff just the risks are dropped, you know, not, you know, 0% obviously, but we do live in a broken world. We do world. live in a broken world, but you know, and for baby to be able to have continuous antibodies from the breast milk that is specifically catered and designed for baby. Yeah. Did y'all not know that? Uh, did y'all, did y'all, I know, I know a lot of people do, but for those that don't know, yeah. um, a lot of mom's mm -hmm. antibodies are flushed into the yeah. milk. Um, usually IGA for all my super, super science nerds and maybe one other one I forget, but mm -hmm. it's in the milk. Yeah, it's in the milk. And, you know, if I get sick with, say, COVID and my body produces antibodies and now Amari drinks the milk, then he's also getting antibodies for COVID. For a limited time because yeah. your body's not going to produce right. COVID-19 antibodies Every for day. forever. Right. But for the however mm -hmm. long. You're, say, you're producing yeah. them. And that's not He's to say getting... he won't get it. There's just a decrease. In the same way with the vaccine, right? If you get the COVID vaccine, you, it's not saying you won't get COVID. It just decreases your severity if you get it, or it just decreases the likelihood that you get it in the same way with breast milk, you know? As well. But all that to say, you cannot not see the genius mm -hmm. in the creator's handiwork just watching. Like me, me as a husband watching it, I mean, I'll go get into that board a bit more in the second half and mm -hmm. my time to kind of share my couple of scriptures. But like, it's marvelous, man. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, especially for me, just like, because there's also like the science nerd in me. Mm -hmm. That's just always like watching what's going on, like, dude, like, and just like marveling at the process of it all, yeah. along with like the spiritual side of me that's like, yo, this is awesome. And those two sides are pretty much mm -hmm. always in agreement in me for those that y'all don't know <laughs> the, the the version of me that's wearing a white lab coat and the version of me that's i don't know i guess kneeling at the altar i mean the version of me kneeling at the altar is probably wearing a white lab coat mm -hmm. at the time laying the stethoscope down as a crown before the throne i'm just look man i'm just they coincide it's they coincide bro you know and like i'm watching it you know and i'm just thinking dog argue this ain't design like there are too many safeguards. There's too much redundancy. And if uh, even one or two of these things don't work the way it works, mm -hmm. then this whole situation, mm -hmm. this whole complicated dance of the beginning of life doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Doesn't work. You're watching the creator's handiwork at hand. Y'all that want to have evidence for God. You know, I'm, I'm not saying have a kid to have evidence. You <laughs> got way more evidence. than that. There's way more than that. But I'm just saying, like, maybe talk to someone who's got one, man. Like, 
and evidence think, is there every day. Yeah. You know, and I think too, with certain things that didn't go the way that they're designed, right? Like say breastfeeding for me, I have something called dysphoric milk ejection reflex kind of alluded to it earlier in this episode um, where pretty much whenever, you know, there's a milk letdown trigger when you're breastfeeding, typically you're supposed to get, you know, this rush of dopamine, the happy hormones. It's supposed to be this wonderful bonding experience between mom and baby. I don't get that. I get dysphoria. You know, the first few weeks postpartum, I would get like full body tremors. I couldn't really think rationally. Everything was a literal cloud. And a part of that's normal postpartum, but it was kind of ridiculous to a point. I remember you came home from work and you were like, you need to go get checked out from a doctor. Like, this is not okay. I thought it was, you know? I, I was thinking postpartum depression. I was thinking horses before zebras. This yeah. is what we do. Right, but, it's what you do. But I'm thinking through of like how many women don't know about that as a thing. You know, and I was lucky I had a lactation consultant who, um, when I started asking her, I was like, is it normal to still have shakes? Because, you know, after you have a baby, you get that rush of hormones, you know, baby's placed on your chest and you kind of shake a bit because it's an adrenaline rush. And I was like, when did the shakes stop? And she looked at me like, oh, my goodness, what? You're not getting shakes still, are you? I was like, yeah, all the time, (laughs) you know, and thinking through like that's not how it's designed. That's broken. However, it's still a means to endure, you know, like for me, it means that I have to exclusively pump. I can't nurse because that triggers that letdown release too often. Um, And so I say jokingly, it makes me feel like a little bit of a psycho because I can't, I'm not rational. I get extremely short. Like it's, I am not me. (laughs) And the, and the the brokenness points to to the design and also points to a hope of a Right. restoration and a redoing of, yeah. of a better design right. Romans 8 the creation was subjected to futility mm-hmm. and hope of him who subjected it that it will one day be able to experience the right. full freedom of the children <laughs> of the glory of God and okay? I think yeah and I, I yes yes and amen to all of those but I think also for me lately it's just been that call to endure you know like how many times in the last week <laughs> we're six months into this right like in the last week have I been oh my gosh the amount of dishes that I have to do after I pump for 40 minutes and, you know, this whole cycle, it's exhausting, but it's a continuous call to endure because the reward is so sweet. Oh yeah. And in a way we're already enjoying a lot of it because his personality has been showing itself. Yeah. Really since, I mean, I would say since he was born, but I guess being born is really exhausting. So he was asleep (laughs) for a good day or two after he woke up from that experience. So it's like, dude, like I've been seeing personality traits, you know, like, He's early. He, he is. is. He is super spunky. He is, man. Yeah. Little very, trickster he's going to be. Yeah, very inquisitive. You can see a lot of things at six months. Where, again, it's one of those, he's not just a blob of cells, you know? This dude came out with hair. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> a full head of hair. But the the idea... Two minutes. Yeah. I guess one minute. Yeah. Wrap up I can't segment. see the timer. But it's just one of those where it's... What a joy it is in the midst of... The, the trials, you know, to be able to see him bloom and blossom and be a part of it and give yourself daily to something more beautiful. You indeed, know? indeed. A more beautiful design. And in the next segment, I will be uh, opening up uh, Psalm 127 and a little bit of Mark 10, mostly Mark 10, um, just to talk about um, kind of how the husband, how the husband kind of fulfills that servant of all yeah. role um, of what. Jesus kind of describes true greatness as being. Not that that's the only way to be truly great in the kingdom. It's just one expression of it. Um, but anyway, one intermission in this episode, and we will be right back with the show. First Peter chapter 2, verse 2. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. And why are we to long for the word? Why are we to long for that pure spiritual milk? Jump down to verse 9. The text tells us, You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation could say foreign saints a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light 
Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of your visitation. Alright, we need to long for the pure spiritual milk of walking by the Spirit and the deep things of the Word of God, right? The Gospel, right? The Gospel of God, of Jesus Christ, who was our propitiation, who paid for our sins and made us foreign saints, made us different from this world, not so that we could follow a list of rules and regulations, but so that we could proclaim the excellencies of him who called us. It's literally so much better than just following a list of regulations. It's proclaiming the beauty of the king who raised us from the dead. All right, meditate on that. Let that hit you and let's get back to the show. All right, welcome back to the show. Um, Meredith took lead in the first half, um, going through Philippians 2, um, and just having that mindset of um, just putting your kid above you because they are a somebody. And I want to go through two pieces of scripture, too, kind of building off of that as a foundation, uh, starting in Psalm 127. Um, and... I'm really, I personally, I'm really enjoying this topic. Um, I like the topics that don't always have to do with like gigantic societal stuff. I really do like just jumping into the text and just seeing what's there yeah. uh, for certain topics and whatnot. Because um, it impacts the big social stuff. It does. Yeah, it does, you know, and, All you know, foundational stuff. yeah, like we, we forget what, we forget what Zechariah said about don't, you know, don't despise the day of small things. Yeah. Uh, small things make big things, man. Um, so as far as uh, 127 goes, I'm just kind of looking at things kind of from like a fledgling dad's perspective here. Uh, Psalm 127 is one of those that feels very, the first half of it feels very unrelated to the second half of it. Um, at least, At least for me it did before Amari showed up. Um, but this is the first half of Psalm 127. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house. A song of ascents of Solomon. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For he gives to his beloved sleep. And that's about as far as I ever went back then. Um, I had a lot of stuff. <laughs> had a lot of stuff um, in my mental to deal with back in those days. Um, and I really was always floored by the fact that he gives his beloved sleep. You know? Um, but the psalm doesn't end there. It continues. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of of the womb a reward that feels very random <laughs> like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth tuck that one away blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them he shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate another possible rendering of the end of verse five there they shall not be put to shame when they speak with their enemies in the gate speaking of the Bless man's children's. Um, and it always felt like those two halves of the song were so unrelated. Like, what? One's talking about life, one's talking about kids. But especially when it comes to giving his beloved sleep, Meredith. Mm -hmm. It definitely applies. Yeah. It definitely applies. The first half of that song definitely applies the entire thing, man. Unless the Lord is the foundation of and in the parenting, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It might suffice. It might get the job done to survive and not make a gigantic 
mess out of life, just a small mess out of life. But it's not going to work. You know, that's that, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Do you have anything to say on that yeah. narrative? I think, too. That's such a sweet promise to the sleep-deprived. <laughs> you know. It is. Yeah. It is. But it has to be unless the Lord is watching over it all. Yeah. You know, not a piece of it. You know, because notice what it says. Unless the Lord builds the house, not a room in the house. Yeah. Unless the Lord watches over the city, not just one street of the city. Right. Unless the Lord's watching over all of it. Again, we're talking about repentance, giving your whole life, soul, all of your obedience to Jesus Christ. Unless the Lord has it all, it's in vain that any of it's done. Yeah. It's in vain. You're not going to find rest in it. And from there, it transitions over to parenting, man. You know, and verse four. Lord, man, I know verse 3 is when we like to talk about children being a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And heard that one ad nauseum. But verse 4 is the one where the Spirit really convicted me before we had Amari. Verse 4, like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. And then half of verse 5, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. And it was like... Like a few months out from Amari, it's almost like the spirit was just like the spirit of God just kind of queried me. Like, do you believe that though? Mm-hmm. Like, do you believe that, or is that just like really cute Christian poetry for you? Mm-hmm. But not something to actually like bet money on and actually like live your life in accordance with, right? Not saying that you have to have kids young, but it's just but it was something that the spirit touched on me on, yeah. right? About like, why are you afraid to? Yeah. Not that you have to, because you don't. Right? Because, right, we find our justification Mm -hmm. in what Jesus did. It's outside of ourselves. It's not anything that we can do. It's not like having kids brings you salvation. You know, and those of y'all that know a certain verse in one of the epistles, we'll talk about that another time. Right? But but that's not not what it is. You know, so what, what was the Spirit trying to get at me about? You know, and again, it's selfishness and life is about meism you know well i mean i'm just kind of afraid god that if i you know slip up and have a kid and it's like well the spirit kind of caught me what you mean slip up you married bro yeah where's the slip yeah what you mean yeah like and again like without getting too graphic because i do would like to have at least an episode or two on the song of songs later that one's just gonna have to be marked explicit just because of song of songs, <laughs> but based off the content. Right. But without getting too, you know, in depth, like you're kind of you're 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 kind of putting a cap on the full joy of the one flesh union and marriage. Yeah. When you're you living have, in fear yeah. of the concept putting, of a child. You're putting parameters on something that you used to put sin like put around sin when it's no longer sin. Yeah. You know, like sex before marriage was a sin. But if you still have the same parameters around your marriage, then it's no longer the gift of it, you know? Yeah. It's like you're you're treating you're treating a gift with suspicion. You don't truly yeah. believe that everything that comes along with it is a blessing. Yeah. You know? You don't truly believe, like it says in verse four, the children of one's youth are like arrows in the hand of a warrior. You know? A warrior wants arrows, man. Yeah. Hawkeye needs a quiver. He's yeah. kind of pointless without one. Right. You know? <laughs> like, no point without his arrows, man. And not to say that there's no point to you without a child. That's yeah. also not the point. Look at our boy Paul. Look at our boy Kurt. Look at a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. You know? Um, look at, in all honesty, a huge portion of the martyrs. Yeah. Um, so, again, it's not to say that your worth is wrapped up in that. Right. 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 But the Psalms are just talking generally. You know what I'm saying? Like, most Christians aren't going to be martyrs. Yeah. You know? The vast majority won't. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Right? But if Christ has just placed you in the culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, why are you afraid of kids? Yeah. Like, really think about it. Why are you afraid of them? You know? And they going to bite? Think all the fun is going to get sucked out of your life if you have a kid? He's fun, man. Mm-hmm. Like... I mean, we like we talk about the difficulties of it, not because we want to like freak people out, but because we just want to have a gravity of what 
it entails. There's a weight to it, but it doesn't. There's a weight to it. That doesn't but, negate the fun. But pe- yeah, people don't talk about the fun too much, man. They talk about the weight of it, and you should. Yeah. But like, it's fun, dude. Like, you're a kid. Just want to hang out with, especially mm-hmm. if you have the right paradigm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like I suggested to you the other day when he was like, you know, whining because he just didn't want either one of us to put him down. Yeah. You know, and it was like, and was it annoying? Yes. But here's another, th- but here's something else that just occurred to me. Like, you know, I don't have a lot of people in my life that love me to the point of, no, man, I want to hang out with you, man. Yeah. I don't want this to end. You know? And it's like, okay, well, let me think. What was I, What am I trying to put you down and walk away to do? It's not like I'm leaving a house. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like most of the stuff I want to do can't be done with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, man, I just, I just want to play some Ace Attorney. And it's like, well, it's basically a storybook game. I could just read it. <laughs> Have on my lap, read a book. Let's read a book with musical accompaniment. You know what I'm saying? Like. Like, come on, like, like incorporate yeah. the kid into your life and you'll find the fun comes just naturally, you know, because yeah. the fun isn't so much what the kid does for you, though the kid does a lot for you even now. It's simply the joy of knowing and being known yeah. and the anticipation of knowing more. Yeah, that's that's where the fun comes from, man. And if that's the mindset you take to your kid, like you can't really fail. Yeah. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't have annoyances to be, you're going to like really deep annoyances, but it will be fun. Yeah. And you're going to have days where you're like, yo, that was hard. But like, I mean, what, what was I going to, what else am I going to do today? What was I going to do? Walk in a park? Yeah. Really? Like, what, like, what, like, really? Like, what was I going to spend my time doing if not with you? Yeah. Something that's not as cool. Something that the joy of it is less. The ceiling's less. The lasting is less. It's not as good, man. You know, not to mention the other thing about the verse, right? Arrows in the hand of a warrior. A warrior can't do damage without them. You know what I'm saying? A warrior is less able to do damage to his proper enemies without his weapon than with. You know? And so there is a very real sense for those of you Christians that really have a passion for just doing dents to the kingdom of darkness where it's like kids are a very real help to that well how does it help it reveals the flesh in you yeah to help you crucify it yeah the kingdom of darkness is always trying to put forth outposts in your own soul you got to fight to keep the territory you know what i'm saying they didn't yeah. just walk around jericho have the walls fall and walk off they left some troops behind to protect it yeah right yeah. That's what kids help us do, man. They help you notice when the flesh is encroaching far sooner than you would have noticed before the child came along. Yeah. It just does. Like, like you see to the core of it. You know what I'm saying? Stuff where it's like, man, that's not even bad. But, man, it, it's really revealing the selfishness in me that I'm willing to put, that I'm even contemplating. I'm struggling with putting him above certain things. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, you grow into that with time. But it's just interesting how that works, you know. But now for the main event. The big verse for me. Um, the big verse for me, Mark uh, chapter 10, I believe, starting in 35. What in the, what is happening, <laughs> bro? He's giving me kisses. Ow! Bro, he, he is teething on your chin. That, that is not the it, same. It is a kiss. It is not. He is the, giving me love and Okay. Right. <laughs> D- D- different paradigms, I suppose. Yeah. Different paradigms. But like I said, fun. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It is fun. There's a weird feeling when he tees on you, though. That's, that's a, re- a really weird feeling, man. Hey, but he's but he chilling out, man. But he's chilling out. Yeah. Um, on a personal note, one of the things for me with children is it really showcases the grace of God. I've been telling her about this for weeks now. But, mm. like, Children, your kids love you despite you. Yeah. Like, like even in the face of you doing something selfish in their midst, yeah. they can still smile at you and laugh at you doing it anyway. Yeah. Like, part of it says they don't know any better, to be <laughs> sure. But looking at it, there's there's also a part of it where it's like, dude, like that's, that's really the scandal of grace, though. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, another part of it was like, man, like, I can't have a kid. You know? Like, not because I don't deserve it per se, but like, how could I ever, you know? Mm. And it's like, I'm already don't care. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the stuff that you think matters doesn't matter that much. Yeah. You know? Well, I'm not in a place to have a kid. Nobody is. Right. Or at least nobody nobody really believes they are. As soon as you reach whatever goalpost that you set for yourself to have a kid, there's going to be something else at that goalpost that's going to keep you from it. Because what does the enemy want to keep you from? Yeah, fullness yeah. of joy, dog. Right. You know? Or a pandemic's going to happen and shut the world down. So yeah. <laughs> what you thought was secure is actually proven to be a house of cards and everything that can be shaken is shaken. Ooh. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Because again, unless the Lord is building it, yeah. you're building it in vain, right? Yep. It's not to discount wisdom, but it's just to say some of y'all, some of y'all purposely swap fear for wisdom, and it's not the same, right? And I think you know, like by all earthly wisdom, if you will, we are not in a position, you know, <laughs> like you're going to school full time. Um, you know, I was a teacher, but. You know, teachers make nothing. You work as an EMT. Yeah, let's, you yeah, know? let's, let's actually describe that for a minute. I'll get into Mark in a minute. Yeah. But, like, really, like, what's the, what's our situation? Like, yeah. your work than my work. Yeah. You know, like. Um... That was an accident. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. headphone users. My bad. That's tough. That's tough. No, but, you know, thinking about, like, when, um, like, last summer, you know, when we found out we were pregnant, it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, how on earth are we going to do this? And, you know, like. There's no way that, you know, this is feasible, you know, like you work as an EMT going to school full time. I'm working full time as a and teacher. And, 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 and for things, y'all that but... don't know, EMTs don't make that much. Yeah. Paramedics don't make that much, right. honestly. Like, like emergency <laughs> yeah. responders just legitimately don't, are. They don't make that much. Underpaid for you what know? they do. And yeah. also, a lot of it's being, even with financial aid and stuff, a lot of it's still being funneled off into... Yeah. Um, you know, classes for respiratory oh, therapy right, school, right. you know. Right, right. But and then, you know, you're a teacher so in I, North Carolina. <laughs> that makes nothing. North Carolina hates its teachers, or at least they yeah. try to act like they do. Yeah. You, you know? know, I let the school year before this one, I paid four hundred dollars out of my own pocket for supplies because yeah, the state of education here is not good. But hey, uh, st- stay tuned. You want to you yeah. subscribe to the Foreign Saints podcast? We have that <laughs> episode. On that. We have this episode on the American <laughs> education, uh, educational system. system and the relationship between Christian healthcare. Right? Hit that subscribe button. You want to get a notification <laughs> of that episode. You want to do that. Yeah. But no, just by all earthly wisdom, like we, we're, you know, we are not a place. But through God's providence, you know, there's programs out there like WIC. And it's like supplementary things again. Future episodes are coming. Future episodes are coming. Hit the subscribe button. Um, We're gonna talk about it. There's that. There's I don't know the church. You know the people that we're called to rely on. And I'll tell you what, man, we really love discounting the church as a help for no reason. Right. You know I can't ask them why. Who told you that? Probably the enemy and probably your pride. Yeah. And I think the. Again, this the theme of this being, you know, revealing selfishness. I think there's a part of, at least in me, that was, you know, I'm going to have to give up my career for this kid. However, through God's providence, what did I stumble upon? But online teaching. And I absolutely love it. It's more profitable. And I'm getting paid fairly. I teach what I want, how I want through like an online tutoring business. And I get to have my baby on my lap while I teach, you know. And through that, God's kind of provided this alternate form of a dream job. You know, I thought I was going to be a teacher for the next few years. And when it got land on my lap, something that I can do what I'm called to do as a mother, but also. And if you recall, I suggested that possibility too. (laughs) And I was like, this this piece of advice for all y'all, consider what you want to do. And then ask yourself, do you want to do that thing itself? Or do you just want to do the functions of that thing? Yeah. It's subtle. It's a really subtle difference, but. If the answer to that question is the second option, and for most people it is, yeah, your eyes open up to a lot of other opportunities that you wouldn't have considered when you were pigeonholed in just one application, right. you know? Like, do you want to be a teacher or do you want to teach and inspire? Right. Because if you want to be a teacher, okay, well, that's a position. If you want right. to teach and inspire, right. I don't know, get your own podcast. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, there's... There's, there's, way- there's ways to do that. And God kind of just unveiled that to me. Like, I don't need to be 
a special ed teacher in a classroom, I can help, you know, other parents online homeschool their kids. And that's what I've been doing this school year and absolutely loving it. Um, And I see that as like the new chapter of my career that God kind of provided. But all that being said is you're never, if you're going to go strictly off of your own ability to plan or honestly lack thereof, yeah, of course, you're never going to be ready for a kid. And for y'all that don't know, Meredith is like one of the best planners I've ever met. (laughs) And I have, like, I have a plan A through Z, and it was wild. And fall back to each one of them, and it was wild how like how God was like, it's funny how I'm Alpha and Omega. You got a plan A to Z. We'll see who stacks up. <laughs> we'll see who stacks up. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, he's more creative than 26 plans. You know? Yeah. Like, they'll all fall through. You know? It's kind of like when people think that they're David. You know? And it's like I remember listening to that one like Matt Chandler sermon a while ago. Mm-hmm. Like like Code Orange Revival or whatever. And he was like, he was like, I got people telling me they're David all the time, man. It's like, you know, I'll throw my stone and I'm like, you'll miss. And, <laughs> you know, and there the person's reply is, well, David brought five stones. And then Matt's like, you'll miss all five. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's life. That, mm-hmm. That's what it is. When you try to do plans according to your own ability, you'll miss all your throws. Well, I got a backup plan. It might, it might fall through. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a backup plan. It's wise. But I'm just saying. There's no guarantee that a backup plan works. And I think people realize there's no guarantee a backup plan works when you're actually forced to use the backup plan. Because then you realize, I'm actually backed into a corner here. Yeah. Like, if this doesn't work, and there's a very good chance it won't, what's left? Well, God. And if not God, then I guess, you know, I guess you can't really live free. Can't live free without being able to rest in the generosity of the Father and the Son. That's where all Christians ought to know they live. And if you know you live out of the generosity, in the generosity of the Father and the Son, and also out of their generosity. Then I'm not saying that you do unwise things per se. It's just understanding that, like, the Father's got this, man. The Father and the Son got this. I live wise, enjoy life, worship them, and I don't have to worry as much in my planning. Yeah. But we'll get into the distinctives of that as we move through the podcast. For Mark, let me land the plane for these last 10 minutes or so. Chapter 10, starting at 35. You all know the story, but I'm going to read it. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came up to him, being him being Jesus, and said to him, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. And Jesus said to them, what do you want me to do for you? First off, that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. I wrote in the margin of my Bible. He delight Jesus delights in giving, but we ask amiss. All right. As I was telling her in between, we was just kind of playing out this next part. God's disposition towards prayer is give me an excuse to answer it. Yeah. That's his heart towards his people is I want you to know that you're in a relationship with me. Right. Some things you don't have to ask persistently on, but my disposition is to say yes to what you want. So give me an excuse. Right. Like if you get a no, then it's one of two things, man. Either check your desires or maybe just trust God that he's got something better in store. Yeah. The no is a yes to something better. You know, kind of like you would teach him there. Let me be a teacher. And God's like, I'm answering. Yes. Yeah. And you're like, but I don't see it. And God's like, because you ain't got eyes to see. Yeah. You need me to open them things. But you got it now. Yeah. You got what you're asking for now. It just doesn't look as glorious as you thought it did. Yeah. But that's usually the reality of the kingdom this side of heaven. It's not going to look as glorious as you're picturing in your head, but it will be more glorious than you pictured in your head. Yeah. Well, that for a distinction. But they said to him, grant us to sit one at your right hand and one at your left in glory. Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or to be baptized with the baptism with which I'm baptized? What are you saying to them is? Dude, you, you don't know what you're asking, all right? Are you able to be crucified and remain sinless throughout the whole thing? Die for mankind and rise according to your own power? Can you do that? Are you able to do that, to be asking what you're asking for? And they said, yeah, we're able. Clearly not understanding what Jesus meant. But that's to be expected. We didn't really understand the point of the cross either, up to a certain point. But Jesus said to them, verse 39, the cup that I drink, you will drink. And with the baptism with which I'm baptized, you will be baptized. 
but to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those for whom it has been prepared. Right? The disciples would go through their own suffering, but don't worry about what's going to happen. And, you know, don't worry about that. We got other things to focus on, you know? Yeah. And when the other 10 heard it, when the other 10 disciples heard this conversation going on, they began to be indignant at James and John. You know how we be. Who do you think you are to be asking that of Jesus? Do you think you're more important than us to be asking to be his right and left hands in the kingdom? And Jesus called them to him, called all those squabbling disciples back to him and said to him, by the way, this is kind of a picture of what, uh, how you should settle disputes in the church, though. Mm. You should actually let Jesus call all y'all back to him and hear what he got to say about it. But understand that would mean crucifying the flesh. And sometimes we just don't want to do that. <laughs> but I'm saying you should. Yeah. We ought to, right? It's how we show we're foreigners here. And here's another, about to drop into a verse here where it's just, kingdom works different, man. Verse 42, Jesus called them to him and said to them, you know that those who are considered rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. Gentiles being non-Jews, think of them as just basically those outside the faith. You know that those who are considered rulers of those outside the faith lord it over them and their great ones exercise authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. All right. Out there in the world, they use power to get what they want. Those in power <clears throat> sit on the fact that they're in power. Right. Because I'm powerful, those without power serve me. That's how it works out in the world. We know this. But it shall not be so among us. Why? We're foreigners. We are. Saints, set apart ones, different from this world. Welcome to the podcast. But it shall not be so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever will be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Right? And that's what it says in verse 44. Now, what to does be a, that have to do with parenting? What does that have to do with parenting, man? I'd say it has to do with fatherhood. Yeah. Answer specifically, you got to be that. You got to be willing to be a slave of everybody in the family. Mm. Especially especially at the start. Especially at Our culture the start. Call uh, somebody like chained to their, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Look, man. Look. Again, we foreigners, man. Yeah. Like, you can call it that if you want to. And I'm going to say yes because there's life here. Right? Oh, man, so you're, you're just chained to your wife and to your kid? Yeah, the same way you're chained to a bottle. And we'll see which one gives the, the you know, the recipient more life. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got to have an aggressiveness to it when people come at us like that, you know? Man, you just, oh, man, just got to go home to the wife. I mean, yeah, I have to. I also get to. I'm blessed in doing it. There's spiritual life there. I don't have any of your problems in life. That's a fact. Not to say I'm better than you, but just to say God's design is leading me into greater life. John 10, because that's what Jesus desires for me. And I trust him to lead me into it. Right? I'm not better than you, but because of my obedience to Jesus Christ, my situation is better than you. It's better than yours. But the gospel is that none of that matters. Come on too. You know, we don't have to play this game of whose life is better than who, because it's stupid. It's a stupid game because we all lose compared to Jesus. So come on, join the team. Right. But I mean, like, like as a husband, man, like a pretty useless man, baby don't really need me. I mean, he needs me to like pay the bills and stuff, but like, like, like to eat, he needs mom, you know, which means mom is now in a way the most important one here. You know, what she needs is what goes, you know. So if she needs protein, I need you to go get, I need you to get some beef, go get a quarter pounder from McDonald's, something. Come on, come on, we got to get some milk going, get, get out there, slave. We need some stuff, all right? That That's what you got to be, man. And it just hit me, like, man, like, that's that's really it, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're, if you're healthy in your Christian discipleship, as a single man, sliding into husbandhood and then fatherhood, should not feel that difficult. Like it shouldn't. It should feel like an extension of your discipleship and obedience to Jesus up to that point, two-minute warning, fam. Like, that's what it should feel like. It shouldn't be difficult. You know, that's my encouragement to young men. 
Like, it's the same life you've always been living. But now you have an outlet for adultery that's not adultery. Yeah. You know? The benefit of knowing and being known. Yeah. You know? Benefit of bringing a new life into the world, which is really mind-boggling. He didn't exist seven months ago. Yeah. Except as a concept. You know? An erudition concept. And now he's like, you know... Yeah. Existing in the world. That's full blown person. That's wild, man. But the verse uses the Greek word doulos. I'm not one of those that waters doulos down in the servant, though I understand why it's translated that way. And I don't disagree with it because of our history with slavery in this nation. What it does mean slave, right? Not simply a Jeffrey, but plantation, Mm. right? Slaves on the plantations was the most important ones there. The plantations couldn't work without them, Mm. but they got none of the honor. Yeah. Are you willing to step into that, Christian fathers? Right? Be the most important one technically doing all the stuff, your stuff plus the wife's stuff in a way. Don't expect none of the honor. That's just expected. All right? Just expected. But trust me, man, it's the most fun you could ever have. Yeah. All right? Hey, man. We got 30 <laughs> seconds left, dog. We signing off, man. That's our three-episode <laughs> intro, man. We'll catch hey. y'all back in the new year, unless you feel like throwing a bonus one up. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> hey, man, but welcome to the Forest Saints podcast, man. It's going to be lit as we get into this stuff, man. Yeah. Seven, take us home.